0: Well, hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to hear real life stories about how God works all things together for good because he is always faithful and always good. Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. Today, I'm going to introduce you to another new Redemption Press author, Tracy Glenn. So before we go there, let me give her a proper introduction. Tracy is an author, blogger, speaker, and searcher of biblical wisdom. With a heart for God, kids, and all God's creatures, Tracy engages heart and mind to help others understand God's truth. Tracy has an associate's degree in psychology, completed the Living Waters School of Biblical Evangelism, and co-founded a business that provides services for children with special needs. She lives in Southeast Arizona with her husband, and they have three children and four grandkids. So, hey, let's roll that conversation. All right, well, It is just a delight for me to get to spend a little bit of time today with you, Tracy. Welcome to the All Things Podcast. So glad you're here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You bet. So before we jump into some of uh, the backstory and some of the different areas that you're addressing in your new book I would love for our audience to just get a glimpse of how God works in your life and kind of your favorite Romans 828 story of where God took something really hard and actually used it and brought good out of it. So Tracy, let's just start there. And then we're going to jump into some questions about your book.
1: Okay. Well, I have always had an issue with like public embarrassment. It's just been a I mean, it's something that brings on a reaction with me that is it's awful. I and I almost can't get past it. And um I mean, it could be something as simple as opening the wrong door or something like that would just bring on severe shame and I'm assuming that it comes <clears throat> from my need for affirmation mm. and my need to like be perfect and that's never going to be possible so what it did to me is it always kept me from stepping out of my comfort zone Mm -hmm. and until last year when i signed a contract with redemption um and started writing my book i you know i just didn't like i said step out of my comfort zone and God, I feel like God really started working on me. And a good example of that is like at the speaking conference, I was the first one to go over three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. and there was a time in my life that that would have devastated me. And God is so good. And he sent a couple of people, you know, to tell me, oh, you did really good and don't worry about it. And I was able to get over that. And recently I felt led to volunteer and there was announcement we were in like a study situation and there was announcement made that they were, this place was accepting volunteer positions. And I only halfway listened to the message, but I figured, well, when I call in, I'll get the information. Well, I called in and then the next time we were in the study, I'm sitting there and they announced that somebody had called in and asked a silly question. And Immediately I'm thinking, was that me? I'm trying to remember everything I said. And, and for someone like me, it was almost like I was so humiliated. It was almost like everyone's standing up, pointing at me. They know it's me. Well, this was different. So I left and I just processed for a couple of days. And then I realized what the reason behind the experience was. And I realized that God was wanting me to speak for people who are not, are not healed Mm. because in the past, I wouldn't have said anything because you don't want anybody to know you made that mistake. And so I was able to go and talk to the person that made the announcement and let them know that, you know, this is something that will drive people to be Christian haters, to say we're all hypocrites and, you know, they'll stop coming to church. They could start hating God. So I just felt God used that weakness of mine. He got me through it. And then I was what? able to speak up for people that won't speak up for themselves.
0: I love that, but he can use a weakness, an area that, we are even sometimes still struggling with and use that for us to point to him and for us to actually impact others with the truth of who Jesus is. I love that. And I love how he does that. He is so good at using struggles for our good and his glory. I love that. Okay. So Tracy, in your book, you tell of a date rape that you endured as a college student. So how hard of a decision was it to reveal the incident? And then what do you hope readers will take from it?
1: Well, (laughs) I have to say that I was, I faced a lot of spiritual warfare over that because no one knew that except my husband and my daughter. And I was just, I, you know, how were people going to perceive me, who I was back then, because I, I was a flirt and, you know, I just, I struggled with it a lot. And through the writing of my book, God really healed that. And I was able to get through it. And I have had such good feedback over that. People are thinking their daughter needs to read it. And I mean, the encouragement has been tremendous.
0: I love that. And you're what you're doing is you're bringing into the light something that if anyone's experienced that they're so full of shame that they don't haven't talked about it, haven't shared. So you're giving them permission to actually be authentic and talk about that incident and heal from it because it we don't get the healing if we don't ever address it and and exactly. process it exactly wow so riding with your husband driving trucks seemed very harrowing at times and what advice do you offer to other wives of truck drivers and what was that like for you
1: well <laughs> our situation probably, typically wives don't go with husbands. So our situation was a little bit different, but I mean, we literally from the day we met to the day we were married was three months. So we really didn't even know each other. So it was probably the best thing for us. And I was wondering if I had advice, but I do because we spent so much time with link working out of state. He was gone for weeks and months at a time. And um, so I think that, probably one of the biggest fears that a truck driver's wife is going to face is first of all, safety, but also like, you know, things that they can't control. Mm -hmm. What is he doing? What, you know, and really the only advice I have is to pray because God is literally the only one that has control over that. And, you know, he's the one that can intervene on our behalf and heal hearts and heal relationships. But we have to ask if we
0: don't ask in prayer, we won't receive if we don't ask. So when you were riding with him and then did you, was there ever a time where you did not ride with him and he just, you, he was out and you were home at the very end? Yeah. Okay. For,
1: for probably six
0: months. Okay. So you had to learn, I mean, so was that a time in your walk where you actually had to learn how to trust God more? Yeah. I mean, because
1: you have no control over it. I really trusted my husband a lot too. And um, so there was always that confidence as well. But Yeah. yeah, if you don't pray, if you don't have trust that God will take care of that situation, you know, then you could literally worry yourself to death.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So growing up on a ranch in Southeast Arizona must have been rewarding, but hard work. So what is one memory you have about that time in your life that stands out and that you maybe didn't talk about in the book?
1: Okay. Well, so my mom and dad were the hard workers. They didn't really ask us to do a lot, but we would always help when we gathered cattle. And one story that really stands out in my mind, and this goes back to my public humiliation, is we were gathering cattle and we were gonna have to brand them. And there were a couple boys, cause the neighboring ranchers would always come and help. And there were younger boys that were like around my age and i got off my horse and when i went to get back on i ripped my pants like the seat of my pants up the seam completely wide open so i'm trying to figure out how because when we get to the corral, we have to get off and what i did is i just rode up my one of my uncles was opening a gate and i asked him to let me through the gate and i rode home and i didn't say anything to anybody And when he came in and asked me where I went, I wouldn't tell him. I never told anybody. And I got (laughs) to thinking, you know, I wish I would have told him because he would have had more respect for the fact that I ripped my pants and rode home than just thinking that I didn't, that I was trying to avoid the work. So.
0: (laughs) Oh, funny. So... You and your family lived near one of the Arizona border crossings by Mexico and you talk candidly about the violence and abuse against the illegal migrants coming into the country. What do you want people to know about their plight? And I know this is a hot topic and there's you know there's a lot on both sides and it, but I I would just like to hear your heart on this a heartbreaking situation.
1: It is heartbreaking. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that it's the drug cartels that are they And they basically force people to pay them to get them across the line. And, um, I think I read a statistic that, and some people argue with this, but that 80% of the women and children are sexually assaulted. And so. The in the research I had done for my book, I had read an article where they had said someone from the cartel had stated that they liked trafficking in people because they could use them over and over again until they were too broken to be used. Whereas drugs they get to sell once, but um, there's you know, we're dealing with a lot of sex trafficking, and a lot of people are put into uh trafficking situation where they actually have to pay off the debt for not only themselves to get across but their families to get across and it's it's heartbreaking because really life means nothing to them Hmm. you know and they it they just they don't care it it goes back to the uh where the bible says that the root of all evil is the love of money when you love money so much that you're willing to do anything
0: for it, that's pretty evil. Wow. And I, you know, that's just one of those topics that I've never heard about just the treatment of the migrants. And, and I, I mean, I've never heard any of that before. So there's all this hoopla about the whole border crisis and everything going on there. but what's behind it. That is just, um, wow. Thank you for um, just addressing that. Thank you that you bring it up uh, in the book and that that is, there's a real issue there that uh, we need to be educated on. So when you found out that you were pregnant with a baby who would have special needs, abortion certainly was an option. What would you say to someone who faces the same decision? And what blessings have your family experienced in raising a special needs child? Beyond the physical struggles, what are some of the other struggles? Well,
1: I don't know because I didn't find out that Kaylee, we didn't find out till literally the day before she was born. And, uh, you know, uh, in that situation, it always goes back to society wanting us to believe that it's not a fetus, that it's just a blob of tissue and they're trying to excuse abortion even up to birth. But, you know, Jeremiah one five tells us that God knew us before we were even born, that he knew us in the womb and Romans and Galatians, Paul says that he has a purpose for us before we were even born. And, if we interrupt God's plan, we'll alter our course. If we had interrupted God's plan, we would have never received the blessings that God has for us. And we have to always remember that God doesn't make mistakes, Mm -hmm. but I do talk about late term abortion a little bit in the chapter where Kaylee's born in my book
0: and how horrific that is. So, so you, have a special needs child and just share with us just a little bit on the struggles that not just physical, but some of the other struggles that you experience and that God, I would guess, surely uses to refine.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, kaylee was diagnosed with uh prenatal encephalopathy when she was still before she was born so that basically means she had a brain injury due to a lack of oxygen and um i guess it's cerebral blood flow so she is cognitively she has a cognitive disability and she also has epilepsy and autism uh thankfully she hasn't had a seizure since 2011 but because of her autism she gets very obsessive over certain things and a lot of times there's she'll get stuck on something and getting her off of that is difficult especially like we were leaving a restaurant the other day and she saw something she wanted that was the hostesses and you practically just have to drag her out of there because there's no reasoning with her Um, she was living in assisted living for a while, but then in 2020, when she broke two hips in four months, we moved her back home because we felt like that's what God was telling us to do. But, um, I basically have to help her with all of her hygiene needs. So I bathe her, I brush her teeth, um, and stuff like that. I have to get her food, her medicine, and she cannot be left alone. So if we need to go somewhere, we have to find a caregiver for her.
0: Hmm. So that's a real, some that's a situation God is using to call you to be just a compassionate servant, uh, caregiver. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and,
1: you know, he used her to, when he needed, when to move me out of a toxic do- job situation, we really believe that he used her to help save our marriage. And then our we would have never started our business if we hadn't had her. So,
0: so okay, I, that was my next question. I was going to ask you, uh, since raising a child with special needs led you to co-found a company, tell us about the organization and the services that it provides.
1: Well, we, we, co- we started a business that uh, focused around developmentally disabled uh, people. They, It's DDD is what they call it in our state. And then we kind of, as we progressed, we moved into also serving behavioral health children. And we serve children from birth to 17. And God has blessed our business so much that we actually have six locations across Arizona. Um, so, and our employees, our mentors is what they're called. They deal with, they'll address anything from ADHD, helping with coping skills, stress, um, self-esteem, uh, mood disorders, depression. And then we also work with the families to give them family support.
0: Mm. So now this work that you've uh, developed and been very successful with, uh, ultimately led you to the discovery of a problem with the foster care system. Tell us a little bit about what happened there and how you're meeting that need. Yeah, that was really early
1: on in our business. Um, What was happening is when people would uh, get a foster care license, you can get um, one for like really... um, traumatically abuse children and so mm-hmm. it's a you're dealing with a higher level of trauma and a lot of foster parents face burnout because if they don't get a break and they're it's just overwhelming and what was happening is they were putting children into what they call respite which is just basically care and they were getting thrown into respite and then moved to a different house so not only were they displaced into respite then they found out they were going to somebody else's house Uh, and so we came up with a program that uh, it would allow the foster parents to know that they're going to have a break to kind of schedule a respite period and it just helped save a it saved a lot of placement because they weren't on their own then, you know, they had support, they had help.
0: So, right. So tell us how you came to the decision to adopt your son. What encouragement can you give to someone out there thinking about adoption?
1: Well, I had felt a call on my life, uh, early on and Link never really felt the same, but I just, And it took over 10 years from the time that I felt like God was calling um, us to adopt to the time when it actually happened. And we had a family friend that had called just for advice. And she had nephews that were in the foster care system. And we just really felt like God was leading us in that direction to adopt. And we ended up adopting the, he was just a baby, he was born after we had actually started foster care, uh, classes, he was born. But I think that, you know, the encouragement that I would get any give anyone thinking about adopting would just be to trust God's plan. If you feel like God has placed that in your life, that you need to just trust in his timing that when it's time, everything will fall into place. Mm. And, um, you know, his timing is perfect. So.
0: Amen. I think this whole, so many of the areas that you're talking about just goes back to understanding the sovereignty of God, right? He, he is the one who, and he is on the throne and he is to be trusted and he is trustworthy. And if you feel like God is calling you into uh being involved in foster care or adopting a child or then if he's put that in your heart, then he's going to work it all out. Yes. There'll be things that you have to do on your end to take the next step of obedience, but he ultimately is going to bring it all together. And I just love that reminder because, you know, sometimes we think we have to do everything ourselves and make things happen. And sometimes we get in we get in the way and make it harder yep. for God to really do what he wants to do. I'm guilty of that for sure. So oh, gosh. So as we begin wrapping this up as a Christian, uh, what has Jesus meant to you? And what have you watched and witnessed about your life before you did things God's way versus doing things his way today?
1: Well, to me, uh, Jesus is redeeming grace yeah. because Jesus gave me a new identity from what I was before I was saved. <clears throat> and I just know when I, anytime I've tried to do things in my own way, with my own ability, it always failed miserably. So when I learned to trust in the Lord and to wait on him, while asking for his intercession, you know, by praying, things always seem to work out for the best. Amen. Amen. And, you know, I was afraid for a long time to to say, your will be done, God, because I was thinking, but what if his will doesn't match what I want? But his is always better than what we could ever imagine.
0: Yep. So, and that just goes right back to trusting that he is sovereign and, so really, it's. I think that's a real um, common thread in all of us really coming to the place of saying, not my will, but yours be done. And Lord, if I think it should be another way, then change my heart so I can see the the reality of what you are working and rejoice in that. Yeah. I love that. So uh, now that you're a published author... What can readers expect to see in the future from you as a writer? Do you have any other books on the horizon?
1: Well, I was wanting to um, go to my childhood and kind of maybe do an opposite of what I did this time, which was in my, I took my adult life and then added in stories from my childhood. I wanted to take stories from my childhood, like vignettes And um, with maybe a nostalgic feel and then add in my spiritual truth from my lessons that I've learned in life because I've learned a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Well, we'll be excited to see that come to fruition. Um, So if we've got some people listening today who would like to connect with you online or find you on social media, where's the best place for them to do that?
1: Uh, well my website is uh, tracyglen.com and then I I also have branded and faith you can do brandedandfaith.com and then I am on Facebook and Instagram both under branded and faith.
0: Perfect. Well thank you thank you thank you so much for being with us today. It was just delightful and uh, blessings on your um, new ministry with this book and all the lives that it's going to touch and uh yeah be blessed thank you so much for being with me on the all things podcast thank you athena so thanks so much for joining us today for the all things podcast brought to you by redemption press and the romans 828 bookstore if today's episode encouraged you we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and even maybe leave a review of the podcast on apple and i would love to have you connect with us on the redemption press facebook page where every tuesday through saturday at 3 p.m pacific i go live talking about the spoken word about the written word the link is in the description So thanks again for joining us today, and I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now. Thanks so much for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. If today's episode encouraged you, we would love to have you share it with your friends on social media and even maybe leave a review of the podcast on Apple. And I would love to have you connect with us on the Redemption Press Facebook page, where every Tuesday through Saturday at 3 p.m. Pacific, I go live talking about the spoken word about the written word. The link is in the description. So thanks again for joining us today. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye for now.